I just want everybody to know, if you think I have bad breath, just tell me. Okay. I went to sit down, and there was a breath mat on the floor in front of my chair. I'm just kidding with it. So I was with that. Because I'm turning around, I'd said something. I'm doing keto. And so today, I had to pick stuff up after I went to see the chiropractor for the eighth time in 10 days. And my back is coming around. So thank you for praying for me with that. I appreciate that. Uh, but I had two hot dogs at Costco. Well, the hot dogs. I don't have to eat the roll, I don't have to eat that stuff. That's keto, that's meat, I can have that, okay? So it's protein and fat, so I can have that. <laughs> but they have a flavor to them, okay? And they have a lot of garlic, and so I'm sitting there going, ah. So if you want to talk to me tonight, don't get up close and personal. <laughs> All right. This is, this is a true story. There was this woman whose husband works as a service technician for an exterminating com company. One of the rules of the company is that he has to confirm each appointment by a phone call the night before his service call to that household. One evening he made such a call and when the husband answered the phone, he said, hi, this is Gary from A to Z Pest Control Company. Is your wife, your wife phoned us. There was a long silence and then he heard the husband say, honey, it's for you. Someone wants to talk to you about your relatives. <laughs> okay. This is, do you know that nowadays when you're hiring, they're paying people $15 an hour to work in a fast food restaurant, right? Do you know that? That's the starting wage in McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's. And they don't trust them to be able to use a cash register know the price of something, you can ask Pastor Kenny about this. They have little emblems on each of the buttons they're supposed to hit. Okay, so they can know this. So I just want you to know this, okay? Rick was fresh out of accounting school, went to an interview for a good-paying job. And I'm not trying to pick on you, Karen, I promise. Okay? She is a number cruncher, okay? The company boss asked various questions about him and his education and then asked him, what is three times seven? Rick said 22. After he left, he double-checked on his calculator. He knew he should have taken, it, have taken it to the interview and realized he wouldn't get the job. Two weeks later, he got a letter that said he was hired for the job. He was not to look one in a gift horse in the mouth, but still very curious. The next day, he went and asked why he got the job, even though he got such a simple question wrong. And the boss simply shrugged and says, well, you were the closest. Okay. And for anybody who's ever dealt with somebody who's going through some things and they get a little bit angry, a police officer radios into the station and he says, Sarge, we have a situation here. Yes, go ahead, comes back the answer. A woman has shot her husband for stepping on the floor she had just mopped. Have you arrested the woman? And he goes, no, sir, the floor is still wet. It's not dry yet. <laughs> okay. Now, all right. I thought, that's not my wife, but that is me. If I help and I clean something up, I'll get after the kids. Don't get it dirty. Okay, so I'm just laughing at myself with that, okay? But I promise I won't shoot you if you get the floor dirty, okay, Sammy? First Timothy, chapter 3. 
1 Timothy chapter 3. This message has kind of come out of, uh, was part, this is a greater expansion of part of a message that I preached a little while ago. Okay, so you'll notice the text will sound familiar to you. 1 Timothy 3.15, it says, but, that, that's me, isn't it? Why am I bumping it? I know, but I don't know how to keep it from making that noise. I'm hearing it, so you're hearing it. Is this okay this way? Don't yeah. oh, leave it hanging. Okay. 1 Timothy 3.15, it says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how to, oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. So tonight's, it'll be a, one, a first part of the two-parter, is the church of the living God. We're just going to delineate on some things that I spoke a little bit about in the message, and that's what the church of the living God is likened to. And you've got to remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, well, as a matter of fact, turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And that verse I love because it tells you no matter what you're doing, you can give God glory in it. Or you can keep back glory from God. Think about that in your reactions, your responses, your attitude, in your heart's forgiveness. But that's not the message. Verse 32, give none offense neither to the Jews nor the Gentiles nor to who? Church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And that's an attitude that we need to have one with another. But I just want you to see, the Bible talks a lot about the church of the living God. And it is not the Roman Catholic Church. It is not the Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church, although we're included in it. It's not the Mormon Church. It is not the Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's not Jehovah's Witnesses, okay? We already see that they really don't care about Christ even from our missionary letters. See, it's the church of the living God, and that's made up of all, and that kind of answers one of the things that one of our missionaries is dealing with. You know what that missionary is talking about in Sicily? The idiocy of Calvinism. Okay? If you don't understand what I'm talking about there, ask Pastor Kenny after the service. I've been waiting to say that for a couple of weeks, brother. I just want you to know that. I'll, I'll pay for that. Okay? So tonight we're going to look at some things that the church of the living God is likened to. And so the first one, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll delineate on that and develop it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, he's talking to the believers in Ephesus, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. For what is, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And why is he set at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places? It's part of the reason you're meeting here tonight. Because he ever liveth to make what? Intercession for us, okay? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the what? Church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So it's likened, the living church of God is likened to a body. It's a living organ, organism, okay? And it's made up of those who believe. Do you ever realize, you know, sometimes people, part of the problems with um, modern Western medicine is they separate out and they treat your arm as one thing and your leg is another, your spine is something else, your brain, another, and they don't look at the body as a whole. And so some things are missing. I, I'm, back in 1993, Harvard Medical School came up with something that veterinarians had known for about 50 years. Okay, and that's, they had, I'm talking veterinarians. So with animals, they, could, they knew that sometimes if there was a spinal problem in the animal's neck, that there could be a problem with its legs. Because they only have four legs. They don't have two arms and two legs. Okay, and so people have carpal tunnel surgery all the time, and they say it's repetitive motion surgery. And then Harvard Medical comes out, their review comes out and proves that 95% of it's cervically generated. So something happens with a nerve in your neck and it affects your shoulder, your elbow, your wrists, and your hands. See, every part of the body is connected and important. No matter how you feel about it, you are important to the rest of the body. Okay? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, verse 1, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep what? Unity the Spirit and the bond of peace. This is the church at Ephesus. And they had their doctrine right, and they did so many things right. Amen? When you look at it, when you see the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle John in the beginning of the book of Revelation, and he says, and you've done this, this, and this, and he says, but I have what? Something against you, one thing against you. What did they left? First love. Okay? It tells us in more in one place... You can't truly love Jesus Christ if you're not willing to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. How can you love him that you have not seen when you refuse to love? And I'm telling you, love is not an emotion. It's a choice of the will. The emotions will follow the choice. But if you choose not to love the brethren, don't tell me you're right with God. That's not in my message tonight. I'm just telling you plainly. Amen? Okay. Unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. 
there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and that's not water baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Okay? See, the body of Christ is likened to a body, all the believers together. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as what? He was rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And what does it tell us in Isaiah 53? We turned our backs on him. And yet, he still did what? He went to the cross. Is an expression of the Father's love an expression of his love for you and me. Husbands, love your wives as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify, that means to set apart, and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. You see where that's going? So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and see that she reverence her husband. See? It's likened unto a body. Christ's love is for the body of Christ. Husbands, we're supposed to love our wives the same way Christ loves us. I'll tell you right now, if you ever come to me for counseling, I will hammer on the man first. Starts at the head and then works down. Okay? I tell them all the time, I have a man, but you don't understand, preacher. My wife won't let me be the head. And I said, I pity your poor wife. She's married to such a weak man that she has to let you do something that God's commanded you to do? See, I'm kind of direct. And then I had to explain to him what headship meant servant leadership not lordship over someone who's going to obey your every whim and who's never right in any argument when you think you're right okay but that's a different message Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful See, so it's likened unto a body. I've got one point done, and it's not even quarter after. <laughs> I agree, John. It's amazing. Secondly, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. A lot of the verses are in Ephesians, so we'll go to other ones, but keep your marker in Ephesians because you're going to come back there a lot. Okay? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now ye therefore, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, just because you're part of a family. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, 
and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed groweth together, or groweth unto a holy what? Temple in the Lord, in whom ye are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. The church of the living God is likened unto a, a temple. A temple. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. These are going to be familiar verses. When Israel allowed their temple to be desecrated and they didn't serve with a heart in the Old Testament, okay? Because I want you to understand, I'll get to a point why I'm saying that. What happened to the original temple? It was attacked and destroyed. All the gold and silver were stolen, and then they, they did it with bronze. Different times when their kings didn't lead their people right, and they weren't worshiping the creator God of the universe right, the temple came under attack. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth where? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall what? For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Go to chapter 6, same book. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 19. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Temple of the Holy Ghost. The church of the living God. is one body and it becomes one temple of God. Old Testament missions, you know what it was? God's plan for Old Testament missions? Once Israel had come out and the law was given? Old Testament missions was come to the temple and see the greatness of God. See the worship of Him. See the sacrifice we make unto Him. See His power demonstrated at the temple of God. You had to learn of the one true God there, so they, were, they came to Jerusalem. You know what New Testament missions is? The temple goes to them. We have missionaries. They go out. You know, they, what, do they, what do you send the missionary for? So that they might learn of the one true God. Three in one. It's likened unto a temple. I'm going to give you one more tonight. I may let you out. No, I, mean, I got to do something to keep you here at least at 8.30. I don't want you getting any idea. No more jokes. I won't do that. You laughed at the last one. We will leave that alone. We'll go out on a high note on that. Okay? So turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And 
we see so many times as I talk about the temple, I want you to realize we lose sight of that, don't we? We get so self-involved physically that we fail to reach out to others who need us emotionally, but more importantly, spiritually. You don't know the difference it can make if you if God brings a name to mind, you immediately start praying for that person, what God can do with that. You might get them through a day. Okay? Because you're all part of God's temple. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3. I keep opening my Bible to the wrong place. Ephesians chapter 3. Here we are. Starting at verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the what? The mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, and it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. You know what it's likened to? It's likened unto a mystery. You know what happens with Christians when they try to witness and an unsaved person doesn't understand and doesn't get it? They get all flustered and frustrated and feel like, well, dummy, this is plain to see. Don't you know the scripture says this? This is easy to understand. And you're saying it after you already have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who will guide you and lead you into all truth when you're willing to. And you don't understand that their eyes, their hearts, and their minds are blinded. And they need scripture, and they need the grace of God to help bring it to them. On some have compassion making a difference, and others hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We're going to go street preaching, okay? I've told you before, you go up on the corner. If you're going to talk about hell, you better talk about heaven. If you're going to talk about heaven, you ought to talk about hell, because that's what they're going to be saved from. You're going to talk about their sin, you better talk about the way to have the sin forgiven. Okay? Because it's a mystery to them. And they need to hear, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay? It's a mystery. It's a mystery to the world. They don't understand it. You've got religious people in churches trying to say that, believing that God ordained that there be only two genders is to go against a loving God who would never judge anybody. I've read it this week in some news releases, liberal churches, and they hear that garbage. And your kids in school hear that garbage. There's a young man, a teenager, I was reading it in the office just beforehand, okay, and it was also it was brought, put on the blaze. A teenager in Canada who was suspended from school 
because he was a born-again Christian and he refused and he was telling his other classmates that there's only two genders. So they suspended him for the rest of the year. When he tried to come back to school, to go to school, to his classes, because he says, you have no right to do this to me, they had him formally arrested. And he's being charged because proselytizing in Canada is a legal offense. Do you understand that? Okay, so I want you to understand how does that work. He was standing up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, it's a mystery to them they don't understand. It is being pushed upon our young people, and that's why it's being so accepted today. So if you're a parent, don't be lazy and make sure your children understand the difference because they will get it through social media and the Internet. You make sure they know the difference and what God says, and that's sin, but you must have mercy with those who are in sin. And our nursery, uh, my office, hopefully in the next year or two, will become a hallway. Amen? Not to kick me out, but to go into the next phase. That will be the hallway. Okay? But one thing I like about where I am, I'm right next door to the nursery. And I hear, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For your father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Okay? Be careful, little mouth, what you speak. Because your father up above is looking down in love. So be careful. Because it's a mystery to the world. And if you think it's going to improve in America, you ready? On nuts. It's not gonna. Okay? Because sin is going to wax worse and worse. It's a preparation for us. Because of what you're seeing, that is a direct contradiction to the creator God of the universe. He made a male and female. So you know what transgenderism? Bad enough that he says homosexuality is an abomination. If I offend somebody with that, take it up with God. All right? But transgenderism is a direct rejection of the creation of God. You can't change what God has done. You can only make the outward appearance different. And that's only temporary. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh, God looketh upon the heart. So it's a mystery. Ephesians 5, verse 32. Ephesians 5. In verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning what? Christ and the church. So we've seen that the living church of God is likened unto a body. It's likened unto a temple. It's likened unto a mystery. You know, a lot of people, they like mysteries. If you present it in that way, you can witness to them through that. Next week, we'll continue with it being a new man, a bride, and a soldier. These are things that the the church of the living God is likened unto. But now, tonight, it's time to say, as Red Skelton used to say, good night.
and God bless. <laughs>